we're all used to the terms like smart goals and uh, measurable targets and KPIs, right? But at times it feels like in the topic of carbon neutrality, we, we've forgotten that to some level. Hi, welcome everybody to the Reinventing Strategy podcast. This week, I'm really excited as we have a special guest, Maya, from our Taiwan team. And we have a very interesting topic today. Um, over the past couple of weeks, I've been following a lot the, uh, the news, and we had a lot of client discussions around CO2 targets and companies actually becoming very serious about carbon neutrality and how they will be addressing this uh, this huge problem that we are we are facing in in that space. So we're seeing more and more companies coming out with science-based uh, targets for their CO2 emissions um, or not so science-based targets. But in our discussions, what we realized is that very often these science-based targets are then just that targets. And they're not always brought into actionable plans or into um, really actionable targets for the employees uh, in, in the company. So it, it becomes very difficult for, for companies to reach these targets and follow up over time how these targets um, have been reached and, and how activities are really contributing to the CO2 reductions that, that companies have been achieving. Maya, you had a, a couple of discussions with our clients about this very, very topic. What, what are your reflections? Thank you, Michael. And first of all, very happy to be here and talk about the topic of my passion, like addressing the climate emergency in general. But uh, how I've seen it in the client discussions, the setting the very ambitious carbon neutrality targets at times, uh, but then hearing directly from um, the corporations and the decision makers that they are still lacking the roadmaps. They have a target, but the measurable uh, goals, the how to get there is perhaps not on the level that you need to have to have to reach the rather ambitious goals and targets that they, they've set. I think that's that's a very good point. I mean, one thing I've been observing is that I mean, if we talk about CO2 emissions, it's not one single part of the organization that's responsible for that. But it's it's very often a topic that goes across the organization. So you need to involve the supply chain. You need to involve the logistics. You need to involve everyone. And, and not only in your own uh, organization, but but actually up and down the value chain. So the... the um, the that expands the, the focus and that makes it very difficult to plan actions but also to find ownership in the organization uh, for these actions and not everyone in the organization has the same understanding um how, how do you see that do you do you see that there is a, a clear ownership of these targets or exactly michael i think it's exactly the crucial things to tackle for the corporations to think through just like strategy in general, the climate targets, your climate ambitions, your um, carbon neutrality targets needs to go through the organization, through all the levels. And um, I personally see that the way that corporations 
have planned perhaps their innovation organizations is, is very advanced, but the level of knowledge perhaps in sustainability issues, in circular economy, in uh, climate impact is not on the level that would allow um, through innovation throughout the organization then to, to get efficiently to the targets and to the true impact. And when I, well, I started uh, at Taival in January, so working now as the senior circular economy strategist, it's been very, very informative to talk to the Finnish corporations to, to hear how advanced they might be even in the circular economy roadmaps, but not really linking them to the climate um, and carbon neutrality uh, targets. So all those things, they work together towards the same goal, but if you're not linking them, you might link, uh, lack some efficiencies and uh, really profitable uh, solutions. Absolutely. And, and I think what, what we've seen is that very often the discussion is rather abstract. So you, you can, on a very abstract level, discuss about a lot of these targets very well, and, and it sounds very good. But it's then when the rubber hits the road, when, when it's really about going into the detailed initiatives, it's sometimes difficult to tie that back, um, but also to do this continuous follow-up. And, and I think what you're saying is, is absolutely spot on. It's very similar to the strategy process, where you set the strategy once, but then you need to continuously follow up. You need to continuously adjust along the way in order to make sure you're still on track as the world around you is basically changing. Um, and the targets that you set in January of year one um, might not be the targets you might have in February of year two or, or even later because your production changes, your operating environment changes, your customer change, and, and so on. So it's a, it's a continuous reiteration of setting targets, breaking them down into realistic operational targets, and then building a roadmap, building an action plan around that that delivers uh, to, to these targets uh, in, in that setup and, and then make it really actionable uh, for every employee in, in the organization. Yes, and I think what's rather funny at times to think is that uh, when working in strategic consultancies, when working in, in large corporations, we're all used to the terms like smart goals and uh, measurable targets and KPIs, right? But at times it feels like in the topic of carbon neutrality, we, we've forgotten that to some level that yes, there are initiatives that, okay, we want to get there. We want to be carbon neutral, like uh, in 2025 or 2030. And we have six initiatives, that's it. But we lack to really build measurable tools to see how do you implement that internally? How do you do that? Uh, the whole ecosystem and the partnership building in this topic and um, involving the clients as well, thinking through what's the impact of your supply chain. And uh, yeah, and most importantly, seeing that it's really a really an opportunity to build business um, opportunities and even new cash flow 
to to convince your network and your ecosystem to work together with you towards that goal. I think I think you're making an excellent point there, and and I think let, let me build on that. If you do CO2 targets, it's not necessarily only a cost game or a compliance game, and and I think unfortunately very often when we talk about uh, climate neutrality, circularity, sustainability, it's still very often seen as a as a cost game or as as a compliance game. I need to do that because I need to be compliant with the new regulation. I need to do that because I need to avoid cost for my CO2 emissions. Um, it's not very often that companies are basically turning that around and are looking into how can the changing world around me lead to completely new services, lead to a completely new business model in what I'm doing and, and could potentially even open up uh, what what we're doing going forward. And I think you're seeing that very strongly in the in the paper industry or, or, or in other industries where this this new trend, the, 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 the climate crisis basically has led companies to completely reinvent themselves. And uh, in our upcoming event, uh, Unwrapping Circular Packaging, we will hear that, for example, from Stu Reinso, from Huchtameki, who have used this trend to completely reinvent themselves in a, in, in a new setup. So, so I think it will be interesting to see how companies take that opportunity and use that opportunity going forward to make it their core business rather than just a, just a cost and compliance topic. Exactly. And I, I think it's nice how you gave us now the intro to kind of compare industries, because if we think about, let's say, forest industry, uh, there we have rather long traditions in um, resource efficiency, for instance, in circular economy, so to say, to use recyclable, recycled materials, recyclables in their, in their core um, product portfolio, but we have industries uh, where we talk to um, sustainability leads where they actually actually need to invent something new that is definitely not part of their identity from earlier days. And where, where that is, is rather new, and then they, they take the climate neutrality as the keyword, not so much the methods that some industries like forest industry have been using for many decades. Do you know what I mean, right? That it's, it's very much dependable on the industry, how mature they can be in these topics uh, on the methods and then linking those to the targets. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think it's something we've seen in, in another huge transformational wave, the digital one. Um, where where some industries were were basically in a pool position because because they've already been using digital means for many many years and they were basically uh, the the pilots or, or the or the leaders in the in the transition to digital and then you had other industries that that basically were lagging and 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 it took them some time but I think what we can learn from that is that the companies for whom it's new and, and who are not used, that much used to, to working in that way can use a lot of the learnings 
that others have gone through before. And, and I think that is something we, we're very often asked in, in Taiwan, what industry are we focusing on? And we're, we're, we're by design not focusing on a specific industry because we feel that learning between industries, learning from exactly the companies you mentioned that are already far ahead in these topics, in carbon neutrality, in digital, in, in all of these major trends, is so much more important for a company than to learn from peers that might be actually caught up in the same thinking patterns, in the same operating environment. So um, I, I, fully, I fully agree with you. Different industries will be moving differently, um, but there will be learnings that, that can be leveraged, that can be utilized across industry boundaries uh, to, to drive these topics. And sometimes it's actually even better not to be caught up too much in the industry so that you can ask the stupid question that no one dares to ask who has been for a long period in the industry, but that might lead to completely new perspectives uh, in, in tackling uh, these, these challenges that, that companies are facing. Exactly. And um, the whole topic of climate, climate emergency and acting acting truly in an impactful way in the industrial context. I think there what's really defining for the companies is that is it kind of glued on top of your strategy or if it's really in your identity and integrated in the strategy. So we're now seeing that that many large-scale industrial companies, they take it to their strategy, they have their climate um, climate targets, their carbon neutral agendas in the strategy, but you still hear it from the decision makers there that the sustainability team, they needed to push it to get it there, right? And, and when we are now seeing companies where the actually the uh, executive board is kind of sucking in the sustainability, that's a totally different story, right? So we are in this phase where the transformation is is happening, and I think it's crucial to think through that which way you do it. Do you push the <laughs> climate stuff to the strategy, or is the strategy uh, pulling the climate stuff to the whole organization, right? To For that to be impactful, for that to go through the whole organization, for for the climate awareness to be something that the whole organization is knowledgeable of is, is really that crucial thing to get the impact and the fast impact that we now need. I, I, fully, I fully agree. I had a very interesting discussion actually earlier today um, about the energy transition. Um, and and what, what I talked about there was that for companies that will just see it as, as a plug-on, it will be very difficult to be successful in that industry as it as it changes fundamentally in in what it's doing and what the focus is so it's basically a change of the core of the organization um, in order to be able to survive in the new normal and i think we will see that for quite a few companies where the new normal um uh, impacted by the climate crisis that that we're facing and impacted by the need to do very fundamental changes will will change 
drastically what the company is, what the company focuses on and how the company operates. And if you try to do that as a plug-on or as a, as a quick fix, it, it doesn't work. It, it needs to be in the core of the organization. And at the end of the day, that means that everyone in the organization needs to understand what it means, needs to understand how to bring these things together and needs to understand how to operate in a completely new way to drive these targets that are easily set, but then not so easily uh, achieved. Exactly. And uh, also from the changed world from our new normal, uh, it's something that employees as well are now really asking for from their uh, employees, so uh, employers. So if we think about uh, the time, let's say five, 10 years ago, it was a nice plus if the company has a climate agenda, but now we know that informed uh, employees looking for a new job, especially in the industries, they might be, might be the first question that they ask in the interview, that how far are you? in this process, how far uh, or where are your targets? And that's another push from the market that how do you attract the right kind of experts for your industry and, and, and to be successful in the future, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I fully agree. Unfortunately, I think we need to wrap up here as we're as we're running out of time. I think it, it was a really interesting discussion. We started off to talk about the fact that that more and more companies are actually setting CO two targets, uh, addressing the, their climate neutrality goals, um, but that they don't necessarily have very concrete action plans to achieve these targets or, or very concrete roadmaps, and that sometimes. Um, the awareness and the knowledge in the organization is lagging behind or is not supporting uh, achieving these targets. And that it even goes beyond that in involving the ecosystem, involving the partners basically across the value chain and, and beyond that. And then, Maya, you made the point that it's not only the, the ecosystem and partners, but that also employees and, and, and customer are demanding this change. And if you want to have the top talent going forward, you actually need to be able to show that, that, you're, that you're active in, in this space. In addition to that, we, we talked about the fact that it, even though the the carbon neutrality is very often seen as more a cost and compliance game, that also the revenue side and building new business models and 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 changing the way that your business operates is is one of the key key elements. And it shouldn't be an add on, but it should be more part of the core as it will fundamentally change the way the business operates and interacts with the market and with partners. Maya, thanks a lot for your time and the and the fantastic discussion. It was uh, great, and I'm hopefully looking forward to welcome you back in some of the future podcasts. Thank you, Michael. I'm more than thrilled to be here and to be back um, in the podcast. And um, I think our important topic today is 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 crucial to think through. That yeah, for any systemic change, right? You need. In our case, first of all, the corporates to take the responsibility, but uh, 
added to that, it's about public opinion and the regulation to support that. So let's see how the next year goes. And it's, we really need a fast impact from the carbon neutral agenda of the industries. And uh, I'm very happy to work towards the successful new <laughs> world, right? Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Maya. Thanks for listening. And uh, looking forward to welcome you back to one of the future podcasts. Thank you, Michael. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.